0: welcome to the Church for all Nations podcast streaming live from Tacoma Washington we're so excited you joined us today we hope you're encouraged by this week's message well today we're continuing our series entitled all the fields all the fields and you're like well I think I know what that means but but where are you coming from pastor Jf well we've been talking and uh, really having a conversation uh, about our emotions. God's given us, we're humans, and he's given us emotions. And, and we've been talking about the last several weeks as to what we do with them. Like, like how, how can we be followers of Christ and be emotionally sound? Uh, and so we talked about different ones. Uh, we talked about anger uh, a couple of weeks ago. We talked about love. Ashley and I, Uh, talked about love and what that looks like and um, just different topics. Once again, you can find all of those online. Uh, But today, I want to talk about an emotion that every person in this room deals with. Some more than others, depending on the season of life you're in. But I want to talk about this emotion of fear. I want to talk about this word worry, anxiety. And we all have experienced it I don't know where you're at right now in your life. Uh, maybe you walked in and you're like, oh man, he's like reading my mail. I'm a mess right now. Hey, you're in the right place. And I want to encourage you today. We're going to look to the scriptures. What, what does it look like to live worry-free? I mean, I want you to know that it's possible. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I was doing a little, I was playing around on Google this week and kind of preparing for this, this talk. And so I just, I was like, man, what is... What are Americans afraid of, right? And so I just Googled, you know, top 10 things that Americans, uh, you know, uh, get hung up about. And I was going through, and some of them were interesting. Anyone, uh, you don't have to, well, yeah, raise your hand on this one. Uh, Snakes, anyone afraid of snakes? Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I'm not, I don't even know why that animal exists. Anyway, okay, uh, snakes, uh, the dark, claustrophobia, that's one that, you know, oh, man, no, thank you. Um, what was another one Clowns anyone afraid i 'm terrified of clowns all right uh, I mean heights and did you hear, it was interesting I found out that the number one over death over sickness over tragedy like the number one thing people are afraid of in America is what i 'm doing right now, like like speaking in front of a group of people, and there 's people that would prefer to die than do what i 'm doing right here so maybe that's you. And, but anyway, you know, I was thinking, I was looking through that list and one of those on there was heights. I, I get hung up on heights. I, I've tried to like, you know, be tough about this in my life, but man, when I get, if, if I get up high on a cliff or something, I'm just kind of like, I'm like, man, I, I, I climbed Mount Rainier with a group of guys a couple of years ago. And I was like, it was, I was tired, but I was like, Oh my, we are really high. You know what I mean? And, and so that's when I, I kind of get hung up on and, um, a while back, this was years ago. Uh, my dad and I uh, were taking a a private flight from Miami to Haiti. My my parents have pastored a church in in Miami, Florida, for going on twenty two years now, and they've always had a heart for um, for local missions and foreign missions, and just because of the demographic of where their church is. Uh, their church is full of a lot of island people and Haitian people, and it's a, it's a beautiful, if you're ever in South Florida, text me and I'll send you right to them on a Sunday. It's a fun experience, um, but there's a lot of Haitians there. So, so because of that, there's families in my father's church that have families back in their homeland, and, and so we do ministry together. So they're back and forth, and if you know anything about South Florida you know, getting to anywhere in the Bahamas or the islands or Haiti, I mean, if you just get on a plane, you're there in like 20 minutes. I mean, it's like flying from Gig Harbor to Portland, you know what I mean? And it's kind of the same deal. Well, you know, I, my dad was, like, yeah, I want you to come with me, son. And I'm like, okay, well, we're going to go out to, you know, uh, Fort Lauderdale International Airport and hop on United Airline." No, we're going to, my buddy's going to fly us down there. And I said, really? Yeah. Yeah, he's got a plane over there and, and, and here in Miami. And he just, he just offered to take, we could save money and we'll just, he'll shoot us down there. And I said, I, I don't, I don't know if, okay, let's do that. You know? And sure enough, we went out to that little strip there and, in uh, in Miami and, and I, and and he, and he, we walked up and I said, he, he said, here, here, here he is, Ma, you know, Marty or whatever. Here's, this is his plane. And he's in, and I said, that, that's, that's the plane we're going to fly over the ocean in, huh? Yeah, that's the one, man. And, I said, "Well, how long are you been flying for?" He's like, "Oh, a few years here, so I said, it's all good to go." And a few years, okay. Well, I mean, you got, you got a license. Oh, yeah, you're good to go. And man, the anxiety just started. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, "We're gonna be flying over the ocean in that little dippy thing." All right, I gotta, I gotta just show. You know, I gotta be tough. You know, and I remember getting in this plane, and I, man, those two twin engines are going. I'm like, "This is not a good idea." I've I've read about too many rock stars that went down, and I just I can't. You know. So I just kind of like just held it together, you know, and I remember we took off and I'll never, I can like go there right now in my mind. And we took off and literally you take off and you take off out over the Atlantic ocean. And I'm friends, I'm telling you, it was all glassed in. I, I literally, I started to have a panic attack. I was like, this is, this, this is really scary. You know what I mean? My dad, you know, my, my dad's like, I mean, he's like, if, if he's got to die in the morning, he's totally fine about it. He just, he just like, here we go. We're going to go do ministry. And, and I'm like, okay, let's do it. You know, and, and we're flying and, and they're talking with the headsets on, you know, and about 10, 15 minutes into it, the pilot says the, this, this sentence over the, the intercom. He says, Hey, Pastor Rich and JF, uh, we're getting ready to fly through the Bermuda Triangle. And I said, well, I have Netflix. I've watched a few documentaries on the Bermuda Triangle. And I'm telling you, like, in that, in that moment, like, I couldn't hide it anymore. I'm like, oh, the Bermuda, oh, you know, and I just literally, and the pilot, he was his aviators on. I saw him kind of looking up in the, you know, in the little the mirror there. And I could tell that he saw that I was you know, pretty uptight. And I'll never, I'll never forget what he said in that moment. He said, he said, he, replied, he says, hey, JF, uh, I just want you to know one thing. Uh, don't worry about any of this, okay? Don't worry about any of it. And You know, what I said back, I said, okay, if you say so, right. It was like, I was waiting for him to be like, you know, here's how you're going to be. Just, he just said, Just don't worry about it. And in my head, I was like, I'm going to kill you. You know what I mean? And praise the Lord, I stand here today and I'm I'm all in one piece. But man, I, I fell apart in that moment. Have you ever had someone in your life, just you're in the middle of a crisis or you're freaking out about something. They just say, just don't worry about it, man. Or yeah, don't worry. And okay, because of that, I'm not gonna now. That's a little tricky. But you know... That's what Jesus said in the book of Matthew during one of his sermons called the Sermon on the Mount. I want you to look at it because, because this is what Jesus said. Like, he's just like, here's the solution to your fears and your worry. He says, just don't do it. Okay, right? But look at this. This is what it says. Matthew 6, starting in verse 25, Jesus says, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life. Okay. (laughs) Are you gonna keep going? Don't worry about what you're gonna eat, what you're gonna drink, where where you're gonna get your food. Hey, listen, don't even worry about your body. What you're gonna wear? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And then he then he brings the birds into this. Okay, it's like, I mean, the animals have this figured out. He says. Look at the birds of the air. They they, they do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? So Jesus says here that the solution is to just not worry, and I I know that sounds pretty simple, but it's not. It's not, because so many of us still do this from time to time. And so the big question here is, Jesus, how do, we, how do we do this? How do we actually live out what you're saying and instructing us to do? You know, the opposite of fear and worry is peace. And so if we can get more peace in our lives, uh, we'll have less fear and worry and anxiety. You know, our society says, you, just, you need a vacation, uh, you need a massage. You need another rum and coke. You 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 need you need just these, you need another momentary, a momentary thing where where you can just escape all of that. You need a moment, and and, and the more momentary escapes you can get, pursue as many momentary escapes as you can so that you won't have such a bad life. And I'm here to tell you this morning, friends, that's a really sad way to do life. But there's people that drive their cars and get on the bus and they go to their work every day just so they can get to a place where they can get a momentary escape. And I want you to know today that that's not why you were placed on this earth. That's not why you were created. That's not how, that's not the way God designed you to be. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, oh my goodness, that's kind of how I do life. I've got my vacation that's going to be at the end of August. That's the only thing I think about in my cubicle all day long, right? But I want you to know that we are created in, in, in such a way that we could experience a peace all the time. And that's the question. Can, can we really do that? Can we really tap into peace? All the time in the cubicle with the boss just just driving you nuts all day. Like Corporate Accounts Nina speaking, just a moment. Corporate Accounts Nina speaking, just a moment. That's a scene out of office space, okay? But anyway, I'm losing everybody here. But I'm telling you, even in the middle of all of that, on the mountaintop, when you get the promotion... Yeah, there's some peace in that, but man, when you're in that valley and the pink slip is handed to you, can you still in that moment experience peace even there? When you walk in for that hundredth visit of that chemo appointment, when when your family is up in arms, when you don't know how you're gonna be able to pay that bill, can we still tap into a peace that surpasses all understanding? And according to Jesus... We can. Because in John chapter 14, Jesus Jesus says something so radical that that, that we as believers, we just kind of gloss over from time to time. He he makes this radical statement in John 14, and he says, friends, I I offer you a peace that the bar can't, that the world can't, that another one night stand can't. I offer you a peace that is eternal and everlasting. And you have access to that today. The question is, how do we do that? How do we do that? Just for a couple of minutes here, I want to give you three tools. If you're taking notes, I want to give you three tools that Scripture describes that can help access the peace that the Lord offers you. Here's the first tool. You want to tap into the peace that he's talking about in John 14? It starts with your praise. Now, that could come across as very generic in a, in a church setting like this. But this, my friend, is the beginning. This, this is the first ingredient in the recipe to, to, to Christian peace. And that is, it starts with your thankfulness. It starts, it starts with your praise. I'm telling you right now. And as Christians, praying about our struggles is a a no-brainer. But there's a clear distinction that scripture mentions over and over when it comes to praying specifically about anxiety and worry. And the apostle Paul talks about it in my, literally my favorite chapter of the book of Philippians, chapter four. I could I could preach out of chapter four of of, uh, of the of the book of Philippians for a whole year because there's it's just it's just bombs dropping, just gold, right? And so look what he says here. Philippians chapter four, starting in verse six, says, do not be anxious. I mean, that's just straight up, that's like a command. Even when you don't feel like it. He says, do not be anxious about everything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let me stop right there. That word supplication, it means to, it means to plead with a humble spirit. So while you're praying, make sure that you're in the right attitude too. Approach him with a humble heart. So he says, so he says, plead in prayer to me with humility. And then he adds with thanksgiving with praising God for what he's already done and what he's about to do right now and in the future. And then he goes on to say, let your requests be made known to God. And then once you do that, look what happens here. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So there's this clear connection between having a heart full of gratitude having a heart full of thanksgiving and praise and then the peace that comes after we make that choice. There's a direct correlation. So it starts with your, with your praise, which by the way feels very counterintuitive because your flesh wants to be numbed right in the moment. It, it goes back to these momentary escapes. Your flesh just says fix it right now and do whatever it takes to do that. And so in the middle of this pain, in the middle of this, of this oh, I'm just, I'm just I'm so afraid, I'm worrying, I'm dealing with all of these things, Paul says, start singing some Hillsong tunes. <laughs> like, like st- start just, 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 just giving him thanks for what he's done for you, what you have, wh- wh- where he's brought you from. I'm telling you, every, every one of us in this room, including me, and I'm the chief of it all, we have so much to be grateful for. We have so many, I mean, you could spend hours just giving him thanks and praise for just simply who he is and not even about you. So, so, so that's the first ingredient. If, if, you're, if, you're, if you're sick and tired of being afraid all the time, dealing with worry and anxiety and fear, which all, by the way, that leads towards depression and that's a whole other conversation, the first thing that you're going to want to do is, 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 is just stop and just say, Lord, I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to give you praise. I'm going I'm to thank you for A, B, C, go all the way to Z. And I'm telling I've done this. This is a practice that I, that I even do to this. It's like, once you start doing that, I'm telling you, there's this, there's this peace that man can't offer that will rush into your car on I-5 at four o'clock in the morning. It'll meet you in that waiting room b- before the nurse comes out and says, uh, you're next, sir. I've been in that waiting room before. You talk about anxiety. You talk about fear. I'm, I'm, I'm t- I, I, I've experienced this. And I just start going through my, Lord, I thank you for my wife. I thank you that I got closed today. I thank you that I didn't miss breakfast. I, mean, I, I can just go. And I'm telling you, it, his peace will just saturate you in that moment. But it requires you to step into that. Colossians chapter three, verse 15. Paul writes, He says he gives more instruction. He says, "Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body, that's what we are. We're, call, we're called to peace. We're called to peace, and in the middle of that, be thankful for all that he's doing." Thankfulness is directly connected to peaceful hearts. First Peter, more com- confirmation here. First Peter five. Verse 7 and 8. We man, we 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 can say this out loud. It's it's another thing to really do what this word says here. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert, and then underline this part: be alert and of sober mind. Be alert and of sober mind. What does that mean? It means to be presently aware of what you're thinking about. And it's a second tool to help us experience that peace, that. The spirit offers, and that is you're pondering. You're pondering. It it starts with your praise, but then it moves from from praise in, into pondering, meaning you're thinking. What 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 is between your ears? And we just read Paul's message in Philippians four, but I want to read it one more time because he answers and, and he gives us the. The, prog- the, the progress in our pursuit of more, of, of more peaceful lives. Let me just read it. And the, the ingredients are here. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So approaching God with thanksgiving, it allows Him to guard our hearts and our minds, but then he dives into what we allow into our minds. This is, this is so important here. You see, God can guard against external forces. He, he promises that he will do it, he has the power to do that, but he also, God, he got, God has given us something called free will. So, so we have this choice of what, what action we want to take with our lives. And you can't have love without free will. He loves us so much that he gave us free will. And he's given us all of these promises. One of them is, I'm going I'm to guard your heart and your mind, these external forces. But because I've given you free will, you have a choice as to what you let in. And there's some of us who are allowing things into our spirit, into our mind, that isn't benefiting us. It's not, obviously, it's not helping us grow in our faith, but it's, it's destructive. And, 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 and there's some of us, and I've been, and I've been guilty of this myself, there, there's been times where I'm not even like, I'm not even thinking about what I'm looking at on Netflix. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, that's the top thing, boom. And within like 20 minutes, I have allowed garbage into my mind, man. I've given given the enemy access. And so what does that do? So what we do is we allow this stuff into our minds, into our spirits, and what happens? Anxiety. Fear. Another thing, we allow people who don't have a solid relationship with the Lord speak into our lives. And they begin to feed our spirit with with things that aren't of God. And it festers and it grows. And God's like, I want to protect you. But I love you so much, you're you're doing this to yourself. Let me guard your heart, let me guard your mind. But it starts with praise, but it's also you're pondering. What, What are you allowing between your ears? And Paul wants to make this very clear, that what we choose to dwell on makes all the difference. And so, you know what's cool? Is that he, he gives us the recipe as to, as to what we should be thinking about. So are you ready for this? Here we go. Some of you, just, maybe you just need to write the, the reference down and then go home and just start this practice. This is what he says. Get all that stuff out of your mind, right? And now here's what you want to do. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever uh, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, underline this, practice these things, and really, and say then, and then, then, He says, practice these things, and then the God of peace will be with you. So the difference between God guarding your mind and God's peace being continually with you has everything to do with what you are dwelling on. Your thought life matters. All right? And I know we've got some doctors in here. We've got some scientists in here, and, and they'll agree with me that your thoughts can even change up the chemical makeup of your physical body. <laughs> I mean, wow. So so, so really get, you know, just do, do, do a little check right now. What, what am I allowing to rule on the inside as far as in my mind? What am I dwelling on? So, so ask yourself, am I... Am I Am I in a state of praise and thanksgiving? I think about Paul and Silas, man. They're in that jail. They've been been thrown in prison for false accusations and crimes they didn't commit and they've been beaten up, like physically assaulted by these guards and they've put them in chains and in stocks and they're in this dark, wet, damp uh, jail. And in, in, right in the middle of that, they could have let their flesh get to them and just said, "Ah, oh, curse God and none. Oh, where are you?" They could. Have, they, that, that's what the flesh would say. But what did they do? You can read it. They literally just started singing and worshiping and giving thanks unto God. And the story goes that literally the jail cell uh, gate just like swung open and they were freed. And and not just to escape, but actually. The story goes on to because they just simply in the middle of their pain and heartache and fear, I can promise you they were 100% human. They were dealing with anxiety and worry and fear in that moment. Are we about to be killed here? I'm sure that was going through their mind. They stop and they just start praising God and they're set free. And not, not just to be set free. Scripture says because of that, the entire city was changed for the glory of God and they accepted Christ. It's an amazing thing. So your praise has everything to do with it. What are you pondering on? And then here's the third thing as the band come back, comes back, and that is, this is gonna require practice, practice, practice. The third tool is your purpose. Your assignment, your mission that's, that's connected to Matthew 28, the great, the, the instruction, the last thing that Jesus says he gives us his assignment to his followers, to his disciples, meaning you and me. He gives, he gives each and every one of us exactly why we're here, to spread the word, I mean, and, and, and to, to go and make disciples. And you say, well, I just teach third grade public school. I'm telling you, I am telling you, you can, you can, you can move the kingdom forward teaching third graders math. I'm telling you, whatever, whatever you do, it's not about your career or how you make money, man. That's, that, that's just... That just brings you income, man. You're you're connected to the kingdom of God and you can find ways to be effective in whatever you do daily. I'm telling you, it's it's so much bigger. And when you tap into that reality, what happens is when you get a clear, fresh perspective of your purpose here on earth, the reason for your existence on this earth, the fear and worry will begin to dissipate in your life. This is why I like getting around people who know what they're doing every minute of their day. They've got it all planned out, and and not just because they're a a contractor and they're building houses all day. No, no, no. They're doing things throughout their day that's connected to God's kingdom, and they say, "Yeah, I build houses, but man, I'm doing I'm doing this because I'm working on this thing for 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 drug addicts, and I'm doing this thing over here, and we're gonna build this thing over here for the kingdom of God, and we're gonna house widows and orphans." I'm just telling you, I like to get around people that will even use their skill sets, their gifts, their profession to move forward the kingdom of God. I just, and 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 what I've learned is when I sit at coffee with them, the idea of being worried about anything, fear, anxiety—it's like it's not there. And I'm like, man, I, I need—I'm going through. something. what's going on? How are you? And every time, man, I just, I just know—I just know what I'm what I'm here for, man. I, I don't have t- the enemy is a liar. Hey, I'm telling you, he he's not going to hold me back and when you get when you get connected to the reality of your existence the purpose the mission the assignment that God has on your life fear can't live there with it has to go it has to go where his spirit is fear just runs in the opposite direction I don't know if you're like me have you ever had a dream or maybe even a reoccurring dream where you're somewhere, and, but you don't know where you're at. It's like in the dream, the setting, you're like, where in the world? Where is this? Like sometimes, it could be like, on, like you, don't, you don't even know if it's earth. Like you're just in another setting and you're like, and, and then on top of that, you're, you're like, I don't even know who I am. Like, where's my people? Who, who am I? Where am I at? And in the dream, like, I don't know about you, but I get really like uptight about it. Like I get, I I become afraid within the dream. Now I want you to know that there's people living every day outside of their dreams in that state. Why? Because they don't know who they are. They don't know where they're at. And my friends, when you don't know that, I'm telling you it, 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 the enemy is just, I'm going to tee off on him on her. In fact, I, I did a little bit of research this week, and research even, secular research, the, the, the famous School of Social Psychology, alongside with the University of California at Berkeley and University of California at Irvine, they both agree, amongst all kinds of other studies and research, they've landed on that People, they, 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 with, based on the research, they, they have landed on this idea that people who don't have strong purpose in their life, that don't really know who they are, uh, they tend to have off the chart um, symptoms of fear and anxiety and depression. On the flip side, when they do, it goes down. I mean, this is, this is like this is medical, this is science here. So with knowing that, man, here's the thing those of you who are believers, man, it's, it's, it doesn't just stop right there. It's like, like, like when you understand who you are in Christ, right. when you begin to understand how the Father actually sees you, That's right. he says, when you confess your sins, he's able and just to forgive us of our sins, and then he cleanses us from all unrighteousness, but then he sees us as righteousness, on, n- nothing on our own merit it's everything that Jesus did for us but I'm telling you the father now sees you in that light he sees he sees so w- when you begin to understand oh my goodness he he's forgiven me of my past he doesn't he doesn't re- he doesn't remind me of my past he sees me in a new light I'm telling you fear oh all right now God, so God sees me Differently than maybe my own spouse does, that's a, that's a start, right? But then when you when you can begin to understand, wait, I'm here for something more, and you begin to you begin to begin you know, praise him for who he is and what he's doing, despite of where you're at currently in your season of life, you begin to take. Uh, Paul even talks in um, uh, Second Corinthians. He taught. He says he says, take hold, take take captive. I like that picture. Like. You're my, ca- you're my captive thought. He says, take captive every thought. And he doesn't stop right there. He says, and then make it obedient to Jesus Christ. Right. So like he, Paul says, take the thoughts that are just shredding you from the inside out. Take, get a hold of them, those little rascals, you know? And then just, just put it down and say, you, you gotta <laughs> got obey him now. now. Now, you talk about a relief. And I talked to a brother in, in the... Uh, Lobby just before we came in that was coming out of the first service. And he said, Pastor, man, I feel like I do that 10 times a day. And I just gave him a high five and I said, I'm with you. I'm with you. This is, this is, like, this is like a practice that you can start the second you walk out of here. And I, I dare you, to just, just try this, this little process here. And I'm telling you, you will begin to experience his peace. And once you do that, the fear, the anxiety will begin to dissipate in your life. One more thought, and then we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pray. There's this passage in 2 Timothy chapter one, verses six and seven. That in verse seven, a lot of us quote all the time, but we tend to leave out verse six. I hear it quoted all the time, and it's truth. But you gotta you gotta read six because because six is is. Is really the strategy to experience verse seven? Can I, can I read it to you? So, verse seven, we 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 you know we yell we scream into a microphone. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and t- but a peer, uh, but of power and of love and of self discipline. Make some noise, and we're like, yeah, and that's true. It's true. But but read verse six first because this is the application. Paul writes to Timothy, he says, this, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and Timothy, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Whether you know it or not, I don't have enough time to unpack this real deep, but whether you know it or not, you, God has given each and every one of you a measure of spiritual gifts. Whether you've tapped into it or not, it's, it's inside of you. And you need to know that you're, the reason why he's done that is because it's connected to the purpose that he has for you to move forward his kingdom here on earth. Yes, yes. Okay? And, and so, essentially what Paul is saying here, start working those muscles, right? Yeah. Like, when you, when you blow into a, a fire, you know how you kind of stoke it, it's like, whoosh, you know, or like back in the, I don't know what era that was. They had that thing, right? And like the fire, right? Paul is using this illustration and he's saying, he's saying when you do that, that's, that's, that's you working the spiritual gifts God has given to you. And, And when you're doing that, it's connected to your purpose. So you're understanding your purpose your assignment or list of assignments, how many of you know it's not just one assignment throughout your lifetime? The list of whatever, how, and you're working that thing, and in, the, in all of that, he says, God hasn't given you any fear. Meaning, meaning as you begin to do that, the fears, just, you're, gonna, you're gonna come to the full realization of that when I practice that, when I, when I live that out, when I fan that flame of my spiritual gifts connected to my purpose, I'm telling you, Oh, so he's over fear. Oh, he's conquered death. Oh, I don't have to be afraid. In fact, I can be brave because I I know why I'm here. It's so important. And so as we close, I've just scratched the surface of fear and anxiety. This is kind of the foundation from a biblical perspective. I'm not coming at you from a professional counselor or a, a medical doctor. I want you to know I'm just coming from you as a pastor and what the, the, the word shows. And this is one of these things you say, ah, oh, you just make it sound so easy. I, I'm telling you, it's not easy. But it's something as you work at it, I'm telling you, you'll start experiencing that peace. And when you experience that peace, which will push the fear down, you'll want more of it. Right. So you'll, you'll, you'll do the work more. When I say work, I'm not talking about grace. I'm not talking about you being, that's not what I'm talking about. Paul's clear throughout his letters, the pursuit of holiness. And, and when we're pursuing the, 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 the ways of Christ, I'm telling you, everything, everything begins to heal in our lives. I know some of you deal, you battle with depression. And that's a, that's a serious thing. And I don't want to say this lightly, but I want you to know that Jesus even has the power to heal that. And some of you, I've talked to you before. You've come to me about this area of depression, and and you've talked about you're ashamed of the fact that maybe you see a doctor and you're prescribed medication. Let me just, let me erase that lie to you right now. I I can remember my grandfather who pastored here in this town for almost 50 years, I can hear him saying it right now. Just receive this. He would say, son, he had a real raspy, like Yoda voice. He's like, son, he would say, I'll take my healing wherever I can get it. Whether that's at an altar laid out or meeting with my doctor, getting prescribed medication. I'm just telling you, receive your healing wherever you can get it. I'm telling you, that's the kind of God that we serve. And be at peace about that. For some of you, it's deep-rooted, and it's going to take, take a while. But when, man, with this area of fear and anxiety, man, it's something we all deal with, and it's something that there is, there's a recipe for it, if you're willing to apply these biblical principles. Come on, bow your heads. I'm going to pray. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.